I'm not ready yet. Don't open it because I'm not ready yet. You motherfucker. You motherfucker. Don't open it because I'm not ready yet. Jesus, bring me a beer. Don't open it. I'm not ready yet. Well, she didn't open it. I mean, yeah. Hello, Internet, and welcome to the A to Z Horror Cast. This is the creatively titled podcast brought to you by us over at AtoZHorror.com and by the Phantom Podcast Network. I'm Jack, and signed my right is Jake. You know, Jack, they don't have meetings about rainbows. <laughs> and sitting next to Jake is someone else who sees dead people. It's Mark. Keep moving, cheese dick. <laughs> yeah, I really was hoping somebody was going to say that. because yeah. I couldn't find a way to make it something you were, Mark. Someone who wants to keep moving because he's a cheese dick. It was complicated. <laughs> I appreciate Honestly, the struggle. That's, that's, that's what I should have said. <laughs> For those of you unfamiliar with our Cracker Jack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. This week we watched 1999's The Sixth Sense, and we'll get into that soon, which will be a lot of fun. Um, and when we do that, we're going to spoil the shit out of it, and that's especially important with this one, because this is like the movie you can spoil, right? This is like this... the reason spoilers are a thing. Yeah, yeah I mean... I think it's the, o- it's the only movie that's ever spoiled something. It It's kind of they the can thing, be though. spoiled. Like, it's pretty much up there. This is the pinnacle of spoiler movies, I think. Yeah, and actually, as a result, if you have somehow survived this long without having this movie spoiled for you, good work. Then straight up stop and go watch it right now. Yeah, I mean, because yes, I'm about, but also I'm about just, to spoil it. Well done. I, I mean, that takes some yeah, significant that's... like social willpower. It is extremely impressive, yeah. yeah. Okay, pump the brakes there, bud. You could be giving them too much credit. They might just live under a rock. Dude, you'd have to watch I'm no sitcoms, yes. no other horror movies, yeah. no, like, nothing. They could be very specific to this episode, like, they're listening to this episode, and they've only This watched... is the only media they consume, is this yes. podcast. Yes. It's possible that they watch It's Always Sunny, and they think that the guy was Bruce Willis the whole time, and that's the spoiler. <laughs> well, they also give the real spoiler in It's Always Sunny. No, they don't. Um, anyway, we'll get into the actual movie soon, and that'll be good. But first, we've got to do the getting drunk part. So on that score, let's do beers for fears. Mark, what is your beer for these fears? You guys, I, I have a secret. Okay. I, I, uh, the beers themselves might contain spoilers. FYI, listener. The spoiler I, alert starts now. And that means yes. <laughs> Jack is already seeing where I'm going with this. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if you have the same beer I do, based on your <laughs> intro. Uh, I, I see dead guys. All the time. Mark's drinking a dead guy ale. Yep, by Rogue. Yep. Yep. Um, but I had Jake, a bit to go yourself? with it, what are so your keep beers? that in mind when you're rating who has the best beer. Just keep that in mind. <laughs> what are your beers for these beers, Jake? Um, I'm drinking a, a beer that I've drank on this podcast before, but it fit for this episode as well. Uh, this is a left-hand Russian Imperial Nitro Stout called Wake Up Dead. Yep. 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 And also a spoiler. Yep. Uh, myself, I have two beers I'm drinking for this. One of these is the aforementioned Dead Guy Ale mm-hmm. uh, by Rogue, because, you know. The other one is uh, Deschutes, the Red Chair, Northwest IPA, because, uh, you know, something's going to get spooky in this scene, and there's a red chair to indicate that's what's happening. That's fair. I'll give it to you. Normally, I don't give you those yeah. tenuous bullshit things, but that's pretty good. Yeah, thank you. So, <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. But I'd say we all did pretty well. This is a fairly easy movie to beer, as it, it would is. turn out. It is. There are many options. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we didn't botch it. How do we get it. out of here if somebody didn't botch it? I know. I don't know what to do. 
just leave. Just the awkward <laughs> silence, and then music. Yeah. Ordinarily on the podcast, this is about the time we'd be talking about what's been rocking our horror worlds over the course of the last week. Uh, full disclosure, it hasn't been a full week since we recorded the last one of these, because we're no. planning on being a little busy coming up here in the future, so I've got uh, just fucking nothing. I haven't done shit in the horror world. To be frank with you guys, this has been genuinely some of the worst days I've had in quite some time over the last few days. It's wow. been just fucking awful. Okay, Way to well, be a moving downer. Along. Jesus Christ. Yeah, but, no, I'm pulling it back up, man. Oh, Because okay. I'm happy to be here with you guys. I'm happy to be drinking. I'm happy to be talking about horror movies. I'm, I'm in a better mood now for the first time in a, in a little while. And I'm also happy about the vacation we're all about to take together that will render us incapable of doing literally anything related to A to Z horror.com or the A to Z or horrorcast. Or most other things. Or most other things. Yeah, or anything requiring drunk. higher brain function, essentially. So, we're going to get drunk and argue about things, but those things will not be horror movies. Some horror movies will probably uh, slip they'll, in. They'll, they'll seep into the... the Jake, show. tell the listeners what we're talking about here. No. Okay, cool. I want I want it to be mysterious. <laughs> Keep it sexy. Lips and nips. You boys like Mako? Keep it moving. You keep it moving. You'd fucking do it, Mark. Okay. So, we're just not going to say? We're going to all that lead up and you're actually not going to say? Oh, yeah. This is weird. Oh. We got into a weird space here. I don't think our listeners appreciate this. I, I'm in a weird mood, frankly, Mark. I'm just getting happy again. Well, what if I take this shot of whiskey? Yes. How does that make you feel? You okay. Like okay. Well, I just I feel like I need to describe what just happened. Jack took a shot of whiskey, but he took it out of one of those like hotel refrigerator bottles. Not well. Not that's like exactly where he got it. So a really weird thing happened to me, and it's never happened to me before in my life. I got a bunch of tiny bottles of alcohol from my barber. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mark had the appropriate response. That's how I felt. Oh, I feel it. like that's that shit's just normal out here, dude. I live in fucking Providence. Come on. No, I'm not saying I did. I got. I didn't get liquor at the barber shop because that happens. I was handed a box full of small samplers sure. of various kinds of liquor. Yeah. No, you're you're now part of the family, Jack. I, I do want to give a shout out to my barber here because they're fucking awesome. It's Barbier Divino in Boise. If you need your haircut, go there because they're the shit. Yeah, and they a- gave me a box of Crater Lakes uh, handcrafted American alcohols, uh, the sampler platter. This particular one I'm drinking is a rye whiskey. I've also got a pepper vodka and an espresso vodka that I'm going to be drinking in a little bit here. I am confused platter? because I thought platter? we had what, what is this? A, a a seafood Yeah, well, restaurant? Mark, I've been drinking a little of these before recording, too, and I forgot to mention them because oh, I've had a few of them. Oh, my God. That was the boss So I'm bringing it up deserved. now. That's what's been rocking my horror world, these little boozes. Mark, how about you? What's <laughs> been rocking your horror world? boozes. <laughs> uh, unlike these you little boozes. <laughs> unlike you slackers, I have two things that have been rocking my horror world. Uh, the first of which was a movie called The Afflicted. Wait, actually, it's just called Afflicted. I mean to make this uh, very clear here. There are two movies. One is called Afflicted. One is called The Afflicted. I watched okay. Afflicted, not The Afflicted. That's I don't know what The footage. Afflicted is about. It's something about like child abuse or something. It's also a horror movie, but whatever. Aff- I watched Afflicted is found footage. Yes, it is. So it, this all started because I was reading a, a thread online uh, about what like everyone's favorite found footage movie is. 
and Afflicted was on many of them. Capture Kill Release was on a few of them. Just putting that out there. Um, so I thought, like, Afflicted was literally on every single one of them. So Literally. Literally. It was literally on every Mark single one of them. doesn't know what literally means. means. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am 50% confident that it was on 90% of them. Anyways... Popped it in because it was free on Amazon and uh, enjoyed it. I don't think you probably you you don't want me to spoil it. I feel like you should probably go in cold and see what it what it's all about. It's basically two guys, two friends traveling the world and they're videotaping their experiences, I guess. Um, and then shit gets crazy. Basically, it is kind of a tale oh, okay. of two movies. Uh, there's a definitive point in the middle where the narrative shifts quite a bit. But uh, it, it worked, I think, for the most part in the movie. And I can see why people liked it. I, I would give it a pretty good recommend. Um, it's not particularly scary, right, Mark, but it is well made. Let, let me ask you this. Yeah. You compared it to Capture, Kill, Release. You said it was on some of the same lists. No, 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 no. I did not compare it to Capture, Kill, Release. I simply said that they are both found footage movies and that people yes. also yeah, had They're Capture, on some Kill, of the release. same lists. But a comparison. given that, here's what I want to ask you. I'm a person who, having seen Capture Kill release, would not recommend that movie to myself. Mm-hmm. Knowing that, would you recommend this movie to me? Yeah, this movie's a lot more fun. Okay. Yeah. All right, uh, Capture Kill release yeah. is a fucking drudge. I'm not really sure that's a word, but it does. It is a sound that encapsulates... It's a report. Yeah, exactly. But I also feel like that sound sort of encapsulates what it felt like to watch Capture Kill release. Afflicted was actually kind of fun. Um... Yeah, it's an enjoyable movie. Again, I don't want to spoil the, the plot elements because I feel like that would give a pretty good amount of that fun away. But go into it. It's it's Again, it's free on Amazon Prime if you have Amazon Prime. So give it a watch. And again, it's Afflicted, not The Afflicted, which is also free on Amazon Prime, but I can't vouch for it. <laughs> All right, Jake, how about you? What's been uh, rocking your horror several days? I had well, first I want to hear there. Mark's other one. Yeah, thank you. Oh, thank shit. you for paying you attention to, to me. Jack's already checked out ah. drinking his rural vodkas or alcohols or whatever the hell he called them. Uh, rural? <laughs> his rural boozes. <laughs> They're from Bend. I don't know how rural they are. Rural, rural boozes. The rural juror. Anyways. Juror, yeah. Uh, the other movie I watched was uh, Life After Beth, which is... I guess I, I would liken it to... Uh, Jake, you talked recently about a movie called Spring... That's like almost more of a romantic movie than a scary movie. Yeah. Uh, probably not quite the same vein because you said that was a lot more body horror. This is a zombie movie basically about what happens when your girlfriend dies and then comes back to life and she's totally normal. But she also was just dead and then came back to life and then slowly transitions into becoming a zombie. Um, surprisingly, surprisingly good if you're I mean, if that sounds appealing to you, this is something you could definitely watch with like your girlfriend or your boyfriend if he's timid um (laughs) wow (laughs) i feel like you tried to make that not sexist but somehow made it worse wow (laughs) uh my bad i apologize anyways uh it's got a good cast it's john c Riley, molly shannon uh aubrey plaza anna kendrick um you'd recognize them is molly shannon the woman from school of rock She's the one from, I mean, you'd recognize her. She's from, like, Mad TV. She's been a B-list actor and a bunch of things. She may be in School of Rock. I can't remember. The principal in School of Rock. Well, it's been a long time since I've seen that movie, man. Well, that's on you. Deuce, yeah, okay. Sorry about that. that. that, that. 
Absolutely, is on the yeah. the main guy in the movie is someone you'd recognize. He was in like Chronicle. He's in um, the Cure for Wellness. I cannot remember his name. It's like John DeHaan or something I can, like that. I can picture his face perfectly, yeah. though, based on yeah those two things. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So that kid's in it. it. Pretty good cast, well acted. Uh, it's a little slow at times, but again, if if like it's a decent movie, if you're looking for something on the horror side and you want to watch it with your significant other who doesn't like horror, it also has comedy and romance elements to it. So interesting. Yeah. And you said you saw this on where? I'm sorry. Uh, this is one of those Netflix DVD movies that I got oh, in the mail. Geez. So I'm sure you Jesus. can find it on Amazon for like three It's bucks. probably impossible for us to watch. It probably is. Basically. Now, it is. it's funny because what you described is reminding me of another horror movie. It's more recent, I'm assuming, than this one that you're mentioning. Um, this one was 2014, Which one's more recent than which one, Jake? The one I am thinking of is more recent, but I cannot for the life of me remember the name right now. That's good um, radio. Yikes. Yeah, it's not helpful. Life After Beth came out in 2014, I think. It's Got it. Years old. Okay, the one I'm thinking of, it was like almost the same description. It's basically like, I haven't seen this movie, but what I know of it is... Dude has a girlfriend, she dies, he then starts dating someone else, and this girl's, like, spirit or ghost kind of, like, comes back and is, like, it's kind of like a romance horror comedy thing. Oh, I know exactly um, what you're talking about, and I also cannot remember the name of the movie. You know what I mean? I, <laughs> yeah. It's called uh, Nina Forever. Yep, yep, there it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kept... And in that 2014, 2015 era yeah. there were a lot of this shit, right? The iZombie TV show started yeah. in, like, 2015. Uh, whatever that... That show on Hulu uh, was starring the guy from Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, who is yeah. Alan Tudyk. Um, like, there's a lot of his kind name's of premises not Alan like Tudyk. It's Alan nice. Tudyk. Alan Tudyk, 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 whatever. It's not Tudyk. He's got two dicks, Mark. <laughs> How dare you for. disparage him, Mark? <laughs> yeah, it's like people whose last name is Fletcher. Their great 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 grandfather was a Fletcher in the town they were in. His great 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 grandfather had two dicks. Johnny Two Dick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hello. What the problem is? Come on. Uh, Jake, we should probably close out the segment. So what's been <laughs> rocking your horse? Well, this has really dicks. gone off the rails. <laughs> That's your fault. It Mark. started off the rails yeah, though. In, in, in the um, segment's defense. So we really should have ended with Mark because mine's not as gripping as is his. Um, when is it I, as gripping as mine? It's more gripping than yours. Uh, so that's good. What I have to do in scenarios like this where I have no time other than to watch the movie we have to watch is I try to dip into like a short or something that's just like really easily accessible that's within the horror lexicon. Maybe some, revisit something that I cannot spend quite as much time on or have on in the background. Because last episode I mentioned Cropsy. These are not related, but something about Cropsy had me, it started me thinking, just like back of my brain sort of thing, uh, about a little thing called Marble Hornets. Oh, God. And oh, I have yeah, a, that's the Slender Man, like, 52-part YouTube yeah, series, right? I, I dug that, I man. think that shit's still going, man. Um, but what I did, I don't know why oh, it made me think so of not it. not 52 parts. But I went back and, like, watched the first ten entries to that again. And I gotta say, that shit still holds up. I think that's, like, one of those things that its creepiness is derived from, like, its subtlety. And that subtlety doesn't really go away over time. I mean, it's not like it's necessarily that old. It's from, like, 2009 or 10 or something. We were in college at the time, for sure. Uh yeah, I just dipped the toe in and it made me want to keep going, but it's a really mo monumental task given how many there fucking are now, so. 
dude, that that show to me, that series is a perfect example of someone understanding the medium explicitly. Yes, like, that works. Yes, perfectly for the YouTube short like mini series thing for sure. And it's just an example of somebody at the right time being like, "This is how this shit works." Mm-hmm. I'm gonna just kill it on this yeah. for a little bit. I don't, I don't know how well that would hold up after years, but like well, it does. When and it's, was... it's funny you say that because it has since branched into many other types of media, and they have all oh been yeah disastrous trash. Yeah, yeah, right. I, I don't think it was an is unbelievable concept or or unbelievably done, but I think it was a perfect example of understanding the medium well enough to make it work. Yeah, and I think the reason it's able to do that is because the types of like <laughs> the amount of leeway you have as a YouTube video maker is such that you can make something at really like whatever length you want, and you kind of know as a viewer going in like, oh, this entry is like five or six minutes. They're going to give you something. You know something is going to happen that's noteworthy within that five or six minutes. Or then the next episode is like 12 minutes, and you know but it, you know that something's going to happen in that amount of time. Unlike Dragon and Ball what, Z, where you wait like well, 25 minutes to charge a goddamn Kamehameha or whatever the hell, and then it just never happens. Mark, that was such a weird reference. Why? And it's unlike. It wasn't even like anything. I feel like you were just itching to talk about Dragon Ball Z. And look, I'm going to go there with you, because I... I'm gonna do it, and I'm drunk. It. I'm, you wait 25 minutes to charge anything, especially to power up to Super Saiyan. And if you're going Super Saiyan level more than one, Jesus, it's gonna take hours. I, I think. I think Spirit Bomb took like at least three episodes to power up, and then he missed. I. You know what was quick? Destructo Disc. That move took no time to power up. He could just do it. Yeah, and then he I missed think, every ah, single time. I, ah! I think Scarecrow. <laughs> I think Scarecrow. <laughs> To get back, probably to my- just feature present. Ah! To get <laughs> my favorite thing ever is interrupting Jake with nonsense. <laughs> to get back to my. <laughs> to get back to my point. What I was trying to say before Mark so rudely interrupted me was that what this is able to do that I think not a lot of other horror that's of its same ilk is able to do is effectively build dread because nothing really happens in any of these episodes, at least the fucking 20 that I've seen over the course of my life. However, it makes you think a lot, and that's good. That's oh, really what it needs to do. So always looking for what's happening. Absolutely. Like, its rawness really helps it. That's the last thing I'll say. I'm happy I got back into it. I don't know if I'll check out, like, I think there's, like, 100 now. That's a lot. But, hey, I was happy I did. I gotta say one thing that's nice about that series, and I haven't watched nearly as much of it as you have. I probably should, but, you know, we were talking about this on the last episode where with found footage movies, you're always kind of wondering, like, who found the footage, edited it, and put it online. But with stuff like that... You can basically live stream directly to the internet, so it, it sort of. Well, makes that one's sense very that... explicit, though. What'd you say? That one's very explicit. It tells you, like at the start of the first episode, it's like I had this friend, friend acquaintance yeah. in like film class, and he had told me some. I thought he was weird. He acted weird the whole time I knew him. He told me some weird cryptic shit, and then he kind of like disappeared and gave up on this project he'd been working on, and I never saw him again. But he gave and me here's like what he had. Yeah, he yeah. gave me this shit and i like didn't bother it but bother with it but then i decided eventually like why not take a look and this is what i found okay well then never mind you have effectively squashed my fears and beliefs your praise of the movie yep (laughs) yeah that was praise so So, great (laughs) thanks 
Thanks for that. You've squashed that. You've squashed our discussion about Dragon Ball Z. And Good. You've made fun of Jack I do have more to say about the Destructo alcohols. disc. No, no, no. We will squash nothing else. We will feature presentation it. Over at adzhorror.com this week, we watched 1999's The Sixth Sense. Uh, we'll get deep on this movie, ask Jake why I picked it. We'll do all that shit in a little bit. But first, Jake, yeah. you're going to have to give us a 30-second plot synopsis. Oh, boy. Because you picked this movie, that, right? I, I did. not wrong about I, that? No, I picked the movie. I'll try. So, fair enough. 30 seconds are on the clock. It starts when you start. So Dr. Malcolm Crowe is a child psychologist in Philly, and he apparently is a pretty successful one. One night, though, Donnie Wahlberg breaks into his house in his undies, shoots Dr. Malcolm, and then kills himself. We fast forward to some time later. He is trying to get his career back on track. His marriage is off the rails. He runs into a little boy and decides he's going to help him because he reminds him of his older client. Things get weird from there. The kid confesses to seeing dead people. He eventually learns how to help him. And time. Time. We get? Oh, fuck. It's so hard. <laughs> this is a hard one. Mark, we couldn't see the numbers you were pointing at the screen at all. Yeah. I think I'm being very helpful, so. You're not. You, they were about three inches off screen. Okay, so let me finish. Let me finish. What do we get? We get the Shyamalan twist, the granddaddy of them all. The, he was Bruce Willis the whole time. The kid sees dead it's, people, and Bruce Willis, who is Dr. Malcolm Crow, was dead the whole time. It's such a good twist. It's such a good twist. I forgot what a good twist yeah, this is. Yeah, and I think that a good deal of this review is probably going to focus on what really were the great lengths that they went to to protect the integrity of that twist, because you're looking for it as a second-time viewer, and they did a tremendous job. It's so at, great, at, and it's uh, it's also not like not like another movie with a huge twist, like The Usual Suspects or something, where the whole movie you're wondering who's Kaiser Sose, you're looking for shit, right? It's a, right. it's just you don't see it coming well, at all. Yeah, because you, there's no reason for you to believe that there's going to be a twist. This like is that. a complete and great movie without the twist. Uh, well, yes. I think you, I think you kind of got it right. It's not a who done it, but it is a he did it. Yeah. Right? That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah I like that. Clever. That's pithy. Um, all right. So good plot synopsis, Jake. Eh, shit. Well, kind of. Hard he one. Ran out of time and he didn't even mention how nice the people were, so that's five uh, That's good by my standards. But I, ah, he did forget the niceness of the people. I though, did. So yeah, you really I fucked did, it up. I did mention Donnie Wahlberg and his undies. I did appreciate that. Yeah, yeah that I probably took up too much that. time. You, hey, <laughs> don't fucking belittle the amount of time that you spent on Donnie Wahlberg. Ever. I love Donnie With, Wahlberg. I love he didn't Donnie even Wahlberg shave in this movie. He yeah, didn't of even course, shave. you picked Dead Silence as a movie we watched. Yeah, exactly. Dick Nose? He was uh, way better so in this one, Colonel for the Lipton. record. Okay. Motherfucker. All right. Now that we've done our plot synopsis, Jake, uh, we're ready to talk about why you picked this. Yeah. I know you were given a movie from the 90s. I do not remember what subgenre you had to choose to get to this movie. Do you? Yeah, it was Supernatural. Okay. So Okay, so walk us through your thought process. Well, this is a movie that's from the nineties and it's a supernatural movie was my thought process. <laughs> <laughs> that's beginning, middle, and end. Interesting. Um, yeah, I'm I'm here, here for one. the people. I try to be to the point, Mark. Can you get that at a higher <laughs> level? Like a fifty thousand yeah. foot view. 
Yeah, 50,000 foot view is about Donnie. <laughs> do, you, do you have anything else and in that contention? Slum or did dog you just kind of pick the first what? one you thought of? What? Did you have anything else in contention, or did you pick the first one you thought of? I picked the very first one I thought of. Look, this is a classic. We're going to get into the subgenres, and I was trying to hold back, but you pushed me to the limit. As they well, say. Well, cool. You've given us the first subgenre before. This fits the fuck into it. It's a classic. Great. Mark. Tremendous. How about the other layup? The other one he's already talked about. Give us another subgenre before. This I'm glad Jake talked about Yay. <laughs> Yay. Yay. We did it, guys. Um, Supernatural classic. My turn. This is a ghost movie, also. Ghost. Yeah, they overlap. That's a cop out. Yeah, you're right. But accurate. Well, okay. are there any. The question we need to ask is are there any ghost movies that aren't supernatural? No. No. If it's ghost, one is. It's necessary but not sufficient, right? Being a supernatural movie is necessary for being a ghost movie, but being a ghost movie is not sufficient. No, I got that wrong. I'm all drunk. I, I can't Desc- describe. It's a, it's a squares and rectangles situation, Mark. We describe the we've, knocked, we've knocked lesser movies for more, Jack. Yes. <laughs> Here, yeah, Venn let's get diagram. Back into that. Here, Venn diagram. There is an oval that is supernatural, and squarely inside of that oval as a whole ghost exists is it a square yes so there's a square inside of the oval sure it's whatever shape you want it to be so then why do we have that as a category because you can be supernatural and not be ghost right what are those movies here you go mark here you go mark being a ghost movie is sufficient to be supernatural but it's not necessary for a supernatural movie to be a ghost movie yeah that was actually right. Okay. You're laughing, but that was actually correct. Well, because you still kind of fucked it up a little bit. but oh, oh, I right, fucked it up right. a lot, but I've had like four little bottles of booze and a couple of beers here. So. <laughs> Rural alcohols. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jake, give us some shot of four. You it up the every fuck into. fucking time. Uh, well, Mark, I think you took dolls, plural, off the list. <laughs> so. But he did keep doll on there. Yeah, well, there are dolls, not doll. <laughs> There's not a you guys chastised me for having that, would be, that be two different categories. So, whose fault is this? Of course, really? we did. There are many, Yours. many dolls. Um, <laughs> I don't chest. necessarily look. I don't necessarily think this fits into anything else other than. No, I, I wouldn't argue for it. Never mind. Pass. All right, Mark. Jake has passed. Would you care <laughs> to redact your answer? <laughs> uh, yeah. There's not much else here. That's it. It's a ghost movie. I mean, come on. It it has no. an argument for being a different kind of psychological movie. Well, I, that's such a stupid sure. genre. I psychological still can't out where thriller. The lives. Psychological thriller. <laughs> and that's what the Academy would say. Yeah, I'm sure there's it was billed as that houses. when it was nominated for Best Picture, but no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's all I got. Of course it is. All right. Of course. Get into the meat of the review. I would say so, Jack. That seems like a great thing to do. All right. First goddamn question, Whoa. right off the bat. Yeah. Right off the bat. Uh-huh. When we saw this movie, had it been spoiled for you, or did you go in virginal? So, Jack, I have a couple things. A couple, yeah, buddy. Couple responses. Yeah. Now, yeah, you held up four fingers when you said a couple. Yeah, any number. We'll see how many I get to first foremost earlier in this podcast we berated the potential listener who might not have known what the 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 twist is so how could we have gone into this not this time around you said when you watched this 
the first time. Oh. So in 1999, had this been spoiled for me when I saw it for the first time? Are we, we're asking the Blair Witch question. Yes. Basically. Yes. Got it. We, look, we've all seen this before. Maybe I skipped that part, but I knew we've all seen this before. Right. We, I'm sorry. When you That's saw this in fifth grade, did you right. know what was coming? No. I, okay. I didn't either. Mark? I knew. I mean, I thought the, the spoiler thing at the time was that he saw dead people. It's a, it's a classic yeah, I didn't, double twist type of scenario there. I didn't even know there was a twist going into this. Like, I, I wasn't even aware enough of that, like, looking out for a twist. Sure. So I'm, I'm in the same boat. Sure. And that's got to be a be unique in. kind of a situation. Yeah, it's a good boat to be in. Um, the other question... Wait, you had another question. Yeah, but you had, like, four more things now. to talk about. Yeah, three. No, more. all of those were contingent on the first answer, and I had misunderstood. So I'll ask my question, which is, how long has it been since you've seen this movie? Ooh. Prior to this viewing. I'll, I'll field that one. This is a really interesting one for me because I saw it once when it, like, shortly after it came out in probably 2000 or so, probably once it came out on video. Um, and then I didn't see it at all until probably the last two years. But weirdly, in the last two years, I've seen it, like, four times. Okay. That is weird. That <laughs> yeah. is super weird. It's a strange So I saw it in theaters curve. when it came out. I saw it once in maybe 04? early high school age and i saw it once in college and once now okay so i've seen it four times over the course of the last 20 years really jesus almost 18 god damn it's old enough to vote damn so for me i saw this about the same time as you guys when it first came out um i I then saw it again cover to cover (coughs) a couple years later so early aughts and then i have not seen it in full since um it's been like on tv and stuff and i've taken note but i have not sat down and watched it it's one of those movies that frankly i don't after sitting there and watching it and seeing it i don't feel the need it's not a movie that i feel compelled to go back and watch again because you do it it's great spoiler alert for the ratings and then you're kind of done with it that's my feeling it's also not a movie where it's particularly effective to watch a scene or two i don't want to pop in for no, a little yeah. bit in this movie You're I, right. yeah i agree with that bit. to a certain extent i feel like the uh misha barton arc sure is is a self-contained short film you can watch if you get in right there i, I do agree yeah with but that's that. a hard yeah, if you happen thing to, to pop do. in when she's in the tent <laughs> yeah, yeah continue that's a hard through thing her funeral yeah you can you can because, do that well because be that's good. the pivotal that's the pivotal character building sequence for cole like that's where he realizes his character. Cole Sear. Yeah. Great M name. Night, you motherfucker. Cole great. Sear is his name. Yeah. What an asshole. <laughs> and there's there like it isn't a perfectly written movie. There's a lot of that stuff throughout, right? Where the movie opens on just exposition by award reading. Yeah. You are a great child psychologist. Here's other things you need to know about Bruce Willis's character. Right. Yeah. Bruce Willis, stop talking. Let me tell you things you almost certainly already know because it's helpful to the listener. <laughs> I that doesn't bother me so much. I, I felt like it was relatively natural because those awards like do exist. Yeah, but she's like, shh. The mayor gave you this award. Like, yeah, we know that. He he. De- well, we don't, but he definitely knows that. There was a pretty unnatural line in that in that sequence that was just like, all this time you've spent not paying attention to me. Finally, people are recognizing. <laughs> That was that was a little forced. It was a little weird there, yeah. I'll yeah. 
Yeah, it's a hard exposition. I think the really weird thing about this movie, and then thinking back to like how long it's been since I have taken the time to sit down and watch it, is really thinking about how long ago 1999 was, to your point, Jack. Like, this came out the same year as Star Wars Episode One. Like, I remember Ooh. all the Pepsi cans with, like, those shit characters on them, and, like, everything, <laughs> and from a branded perspective, went haywire for that particular movie. So I remember that part of my life and like being a, an American consumer at the time. And that feels like <laughs> eons time. ago. No longer, no longer am I no, an American I'm consumer. I'm fully off the grid and self-sufficient. I make this, I make this beer that you're watching me drink in a can. I right burned now. my social security card. Jake's on an exercise bike right now. That's powering the modem he's using to generate internet. Yeah. I know how technology works. <laughs> yeah. Also, the ISP he's using is, is actually being calculated by by hand on a piece of paper, and then he's mailing it to the post. This is an old... Oh, we're done with this joke. Good job, Mark. <laughs> Good fucking job. But, okay. M. Night did a tremendous job directing this thing. Some of the cinematography in this is awesome and super subtle. Like, the that one of the first scenes with Cole and Bruce Willis. I don't remember Bruce Willis' character's name, Malcolm, shockingly. Malcolm. Malcolm. It's, it's Russell Crowe. <laughs> is that scene in um, Cole's like living room where he's like, I'll guess you're, I'll read your mind. mind Everything reading I game. get right, you come. Yeah. yeah. Every time Cole takes a step back, the camera shoots Bruce Willis from Cole's perspective and starts to go back, but then it zooms out to show Cole actually stepping back. It's like that kind of perspective shit is so cool and so unique. I gotta, I gotta say I something on that subject because it made me feel really dumb. Um, there's a lot of stuff in this movie where anytime you see the ghost world and the human world interact, there's red, as Jack referred to with his red chair. So there's a lot yeah. of, I mean, there's a lot of these things, and they. Now that I see this, it, they beat you over the fucking head with it. As I was watching it this time, and as I just said, I've mm -hmm. seen this movie like four times in the last two years or something like that. I was like, it, it dawned on me, I was like, every time there's a ghost, there's something red. I'm a genius! So then I logged on to the IMDb page to look at the trivia to see if it was in there, and it was. And the list of things <laughs> that are red in this movie is like two <laughs> fucking pages long. And I'm just like, ah, oh, goddammit, I am a Mark, fucking I'm idiot. genuinely surprised you made it through like the kind of spoiler era of this movie, right? The early 2000s, kind of early days of the internet, without seeing that because i like once all the spoiler shit's happening that's it right every time there's red there's a ghost on scene do you think this is a less scary movie if you're colorblind no okay just checking gotta wrap my red but green it's blind super, color my homies like because i remember reading that online on whatever GeoCities page with depressing gifs i was reading it on oh my god GeoCities. um gifs <laughs> I refuse to acknowledge it as it's, a GIF. I don't care what the, I don't care. I don't care what the creator thinks. That's wrong. GIF is peanut butter. I'm glad you He's pointed wrong. that out because I don't that's, even that's hear GIF anymore. It just gets automatically yeah. translated in my brain to GIF. It still Jake. There is no peanut butter called GIF. Yes, there it's is. Jiffy. No, there's GIF. It's Jiffy. There is not. Hey, hey, Jack. Hey, finish this lyric. Mom's like you choose. Jiffy. No, that's not what it is. Jack, are you fucking kidding me right now? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Wait, am I absolutely wrong? Yes. J-I-F. <laughs> Jif. Peanut butter. Big or small, you give your all. Mom's like you too.
I don't think I'm wrong about this. I think it's Jiffy. <laughs> oh my god, they both exist. This is That's asinizing. Confusing. You're confusing. That's confusing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna drink more whiskey. Oh god, Good. damn Get back it. back to it. Yeah. Let's talk about the, the, the Donnie Wahlberg scene, because as small and self-contained yeah, as it is... Yeah, let's do it, Donnie. It's, a, Donnie. it's actually like an incredible scene. It, <laughs> Donnie! First off, oh, oh. Okay. Is this what you're going to do behind me, monologuing the entire time, is just yelling Donnie Wahlberg's name? If you're going to monologue the whole time. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's and, what I do. And I take over the conversation, like and I I just talk. Isn't okay, well, we then do? continue talking. My whole point is it's 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 great <laughs> as a self-contained scene. Good. Especially with something that contains, like, no other character. He's basically there just for, like, his random monologue or soliloquy or something. I'm still unclear on the difference there. And then, bang, bang, donezo. <laughs> a soliloquy addresses the audience. A monologue doesn't. Okay, well, then it's a monologue. It's a monologue. Well, Bruce Willis is his audience. So Think here's about the, that one. This is another one of those things where maybe I'm just a hothead Idahoan, but man, he's standing there for so long just like rubbing his hands together without a gun in them. Anytime along there, he's ripe for tackling and stabbing. Maybe not, maybe well, not stabbing. You don't necessarily have to stab him. Yeah. You should probably stab him. There's a gun on the sink. Alternatively, he you did, could just like shut the, the door. Yeah. You could do any number of things that aren't just stand there for minutes. Well, he's clearly an empathetic child psychologist. They, I think that they painted that one correctly. If there's Wh- someone what who's... What I'm saying is, is I would have attacked going- that man before I realized he was a former patient. Fair. <laughs> I'm going to clip that and it will someday be used in, in a criminal defense against you. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, it wouldn't be using a criminal defense against me. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. No, the, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, what I'm saying is the plaintiff is defending his claim against you. Mark, there's no right context. <laughs> All I'm saying is this is the first time I've watched this movie where it felt like ages where you should just tackle the skinny motherfucker. Yeah, how did Donnie, like, how was he that skinny for this role? He lost like he 40 lost pounds. like ninety pounds. It's nuts, man. For like four seconds of film time, they better paid him well. I doubt they did. It's Donnie Wahlberg. He gets paid for nothing. <laughs> he gets... he did a great job though. He's a, he's effective as hell. It's he a good. great. It is a great performance. And to this day, like I don't think it really meant much. I don't think Donnie Wahlberg was really known for anything back in the nineties, other than being in the New Kids on the Block in like nineteen ninety two. So. Yeah. The, honestly, the most the most interesting part about that is it's one of those things where you go back and you watch and you say, "That's Donnie Wahlberg." For sure. What? I I did not remember, and I le- that was pretty much verbatim me. I yeah, and I even yeah. even when he first popped up, I didn't realize it was him till I accidentally moved my mouse and I watched it on Amazon where and it has that X-ray thing. And you're like Donnie, and it said Donnie Wahlberg, and I was like, "Holy shit, I forgot." About yeah. That. Yeah. But Bruce Willis should have attacked him. Okay. Well, in any case, he didn't, so he got shot. Did you guys gut. not feel that way? Jack, I, mean, I didn't belabor the point. I feel like I feel like you're right, but also I also I like I also understand why he wouldn't do anything. He's a he's a psychologist, man. And if if Doctor Fives taught us anything, and this movie taught us anything, it's that psychologists just get shat on by society. Okay, we just get dead. Well, he's also a jacked up psychologist because he's Bruce Willis, circa 1999. Bruce Willie. I love Bruce yeah, Bruno, Willie. man. 
He's Bruno. Yeah, I mean, we're spending way too he's, much time on this. He's cruising scene, through Seagram's barley wine coolers. That was before '99, but still, he's probably doing that. Have you guys seen those commercials? <laughs> Scarecrow. <laughs> Have you actually seen those commercials? I have no oh. idea what you're fucking talking about. I haven't understood what he said for like the last three minutes. <laughs> in in the early '90s, Bruce Willis did a series of commercials for. Like a beer alternative for tough guys called Seagram's Golden or Barley Wine Coolers, where he's like skipping down the street. Also, Bruce Willis released an album of harmonica blues by Bruno called Bruno Plays the Blues. Yeah, he failed as a musician. And another one called The Return of Bruno. If you, Oh, you guys should really get into this. I'm surprised you don't know about this. Oh, God. Okay, it's well. It's staggering. So- and then there's this commercial for him. Doing barley wine coolers where he's skipping down the street trying to sing the blues to Seagram's barley wine coolers. Hey, me fella. Look here. Seagram's barley wine coolers. Seagram's barley wine coolers. His bread and his dry. Barley wine coolers. My, 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 my. All right, I'm back in, and you guys won't let me talk about Bruno's... Seagram's barley wine cooler commercials anymore. No. So what the fuck else you want to talk about? What else stood out to you about this movie? About the movie this as a whole, Jack. <laughs> Just about something. Ghosts. Well, I think it's the I think it's the subtlety. Like it handles the transition between something bad happened. Fast forward to X amount of time later, he's continuing his job. Like it handles that with enough subtlety to where it throws you off as a viewer. Like you don't question, like, I wonder what happened at all. Like it's, it's handled in the way that a a standard ass drama would handle it. And I think that that's completely essential for the rest of the film. So absolutely the way they do that and and how he's like on his next case, just kind of transitions you into Haley Joel Osment sort of, what's up with this kid and his fucking hipster glasses. Like, that's all you can Haley think Joel about. Haley Joel Osment does such a good job in this movie. He's really he, good. He's, he's relatable. He's creepy. I don't know if he's, he's relatable, but, you know. He's relatable, man. He's the outcast kid getting shoved in closets. Yeah, who didn't that get bullied in elementary school? Sometimes. I hear you, Jack. Yeah. We weren't all cool like Thanks, Jake Mark. In, in elementary school. God damn. Yeah, well, Jake's like a jock. That Jake kid was so cool. He's the villain. In, Jake is pretty much the villain in an eighties movie. He was kicked. Was, he was picked third was in kickball. Dick. I bet. Jake, I where would dick. where would you ballpark your average like pick placement was for kickball? Um, average. First? I don't yeah. know how many how many per side. Ten. Five. Well, Jake, five per side. Five per side. Yes. Uh, was, was there ever a game of kickball where you literally weren't four. picked? No. And the teacher let them go to play a game with you just sitting there, not picked? Damn, dude, Minnesota sounds like a hard place, Jack. <laughs> it's they're rough streets, man. <laughs> I did okay. want to touch on I did want to touch on something that we just talked about before we move past it. His hipster glasses? Oh. Me too. No. <laughs> so the thing that's interesting about this movie is once you watch it, the second time and le- and later times you watch it, you're looking for why you didn't catch it the first time. Because okay. the first time you watch it and they like he's been dead the whole time. I oh my god! With this, they flash back to all the individual scenes where he's actually like not interacting with people and he right. actually like didn't touch the check and all this other shit. Uh, and what's so interesting about it is the way those scenes are handled 
are absolutely normal and still exist today transitions to scenes where you just pick up a scene. Yes. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. People are sitting there not talking, right? Like right. normally you're totally. talking like, and someone When he's door. sitting there with, with Cole's mom, right? Yeah. Tony Collette. Who does it awesome way, job as well. She awesome. looks so much fucking different then as comp- like I was like I thought way too much about how she looked in this movie as compared to Krampus. It was like, dude, night That's and day. Crazy. Incredibly yeah. shallow. Anyway, yeah. All right. Yeah. But yeah, but, no, and the reason that the, what I'm they do the a getting job. to the the point I'm getting <laughs> to is that this movie works because of the random weird bullshit that Hollywood does to transition between scenes. Like it's not. Yes. If you're looking at it realistically, yes. it doesn't make sense. But if you're looking at it in context of all the other movies that have ever come out, it like you don't see it. Mm-hmm. Totally. And then they, he does a great job explaining why it happens, too, right? They only want to see what they want to see. You're dead people. Right. It's great. And actually, the first t- this was the first time I picked up on this line. There's one random line. I think it's in the restaurant scene when he's meeting his wife for their uh, anniversary dinner. And he's like, I've just been losing so much track of time lately. That's the entire line. Yeah. But that alone yeah. takes on so much more meaning once you realize the fact that he right, like he's, literally doesn't exist 23 hours out of the day. He, he's doing what the audience is doing, where he just kind of shows up somewhere and he finds himself there. Yeah. 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 Well, and that's the thing, though, too, is like, I don't care if you were able to go into this movie unspoiled and you claim to have caught on to what was going on, I think you're a liar. Like, it did that good of a job. Because, like, everything now, the things that, like, really cue it off to me, and I think that Mark kind of, like, jumped to it, so I'll go there. I think that the biggest cue for that as a second-time viewer or whatever-time viewer you are is during that dinner scene, like, when she's looking pretty much right at him, they bothered to film it in such a way that, like, you hear from behind him, like, someone makes a ruckus and like laughs and she like looks up to like look at where it was coming from which is directly where he was sitting it's just so subtle and so well handled that there's no way that you can notice that the first time you just can't not a chance yeah yeah the other thing so there are a few moments where it is pretty clear that he doesn't exist and the the primary one is when when uh haley jalosment cole has his like the definitive scene of the movie that's been parodied a billion times of I'm going to tell you a secret. Yeah. I see dead people. I see dead people. And and when he says the important thing is here, when he says I see dead people, the camera's on Bruce Willis. You're looking at Bruce Willis and it face. zooms in a little it, bit. Yeah, it, it is zooms it is in a fucking close up of Bruce Willis's face. But they were doing that to both character. Z. Both They characters. were. And that's, and that's why they, it's not totally yeah. explicit. That's they, why they were doing a close-up of both characters. They didn't do the zoom-in on Cole. Uh, it, it, and the producers were worried it was too much of a giveaway. But you don't notice it. You oh, not, really not even at all. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't too much of a giveaway. The other thing I would say is, I would actually be curious to talk to someone in today's America about how, like, whether, if so if they'd go into this unspoiled, whether or not they actually did see it coming. Because I don't think there were very many movies prior to this one I don't think it's the first one that did it, but I, there weren't very many big movies prior to this one that, that did the he was dead the whole time trope. But as a result of this movie's commercial success, no, it like he's been dead the whole time is now so, like a joke. It's a meme. So I have to interject here, okay? Because this is 
I am teeing this up like perfectly for you guys and giving you just the biggest driver on the planet so you can go fucking off. Right? Dick high dinger sauce. I'm bad at golf. Eh. So, bit of trivia. Shyamalan says that he wrote this movie with the inspiration coming from an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Okay. Yes. Okay, so, so it's, I want it's you one to of talk the later seasons. Jack, uh, this is the argument you've always wanted to have with Mark. No, no, this is not the argument. I I fully recognize that Mark has a broader depth of knowledge on Are You Afraid of the Dark as I do. I don't like to admit it, but I do admit that. Oh, but you've, you're on record as wanting to fight him for it. Oh, absolutely. I'll still put up a good fight. Well, like now's Mati. your opportunity. I got a lot of heart. Oh, God. So, well, but also I disagree with Mark's premise. I think he hasn't said anything. <laughs> what premise? The, the premise of this being the first big twist. Specifically, oh, so he you, was dead the oh, whole I, time. He's, yeah, this is classic obfuscation right here. He's just trying to get rid, like, go skirt around the point. The are you afraid of the dark point? Oh, right, that point. I forgot about that. That's the con. Oh, what do you think I, is happening right now? <laughs> he doesn't even get us, man. <laughs> oh god it's good jack is officially doing his own podcast fully self-contained within our <laughs> podcast <laughs> if you cut out all the bits of just me talking i bet it'd be pretty interesting uh well we'll see because that's basically how i'm going to edit this thing <laughs> what did you want to say you don't think that it's you don't think it's obvious today you don't think it's any more obvious today than it was back in 1999 no, no, that's not at all what I'm saying. I'm saying this is by far, like, not at all the first movie to have a giant twist like this. So my It's the first one to specifically be do that he's been dead the whole time. My point is, I don't think you're understanding. I, my point is, this is... Clearly. This is the first big movie to do he's been dead the whole time. And as a result, now that that meme has been, like, absorbed into pop culture, whether or not it's any more obvious now than it was 18 years ago. I still don't think it's obvious, gotcha. but I would be very curious to talk to someone who had never seen this movie, never heard anything about it. Okay. Yeah, you should probably just talk about Are You Afraid of the Dark thing, because that wasn't at all what I was going off of. Good. Okay, good work. I feel uh, like the, so the one thing about our, this being on Are You Afraid of the Dark episode is I, I have seen that episode, but the issue is it's from, as far as I'm aware, it's, far, it's so they had the original seasons with like the normal crew. And then it was canceled for like two years. And then they brought it back in 1994 with a made-for-TV movie that they turned in back into a TV show. And it was one of those that was this episode. From like so it's not, it's not an OG Are You Afraid of the Dark thing? I, I don't think so. I was looking back through my DVDs to see if I could watch it. Because that would have been a fun thing to like put on. Because I, I pull back the curtain a little bit. I have the first four seasons of Are You Afraid of the Dark on DVD, which I think is like the first series. And then, and I didn't have that disc, so my guess is it's from the second half. Yeah, my bad. Should have done, should have done more research on that part. Yeah, I put you on the spot, and you fucking janked one into the woods. Well, I didn't because I actually did look at whether or not I had the DVD, and I didn't. So yeah, well, Mark, I'm on the Wikipedia page right now. It says the original series was 1990 to 1996. Then it went off the air, and it was revived in 1999. Duck hook, Mark. Oh God. Duck, which would be after this movie came out. It's yeah, okay. So maybe I just only I don't have that season then. That's possible. That also jives with you only having the first four seasons because there were six original. I thought seasons. it fell off after the first four. Jack, this is a door opening for you to 
to jump in on, on yeah, my but expertise here. I, I wish I could, but I, you know, I'm an honorable man, and I had to read all this from Wikipedia, so. Well, I'm just saying, you could easily buy those DVD sets, and then we could actually have, like, a gloves Ooh, off. that's interesting. Are you afraid of the dark versus that's interesting. are you afraid of the dark? Jack, Jack, Jack although I do barely have time to watch these movies, I probably don't have the time to watch old Are You Afraid of the Dark DVDs. He's saying with some training, you could take on the champ. Well, that's true of most underdogs. Yeah, well. Really. Though, despite Mati's best efforts, he could never take on anyone. That's not true. There was one episode Fuck. of Captain Planet where he was the one who beat the main baddie. Yeah, but the main baddie was weak to whatever bullshit heart vibes he had coming out of his ring. They wrote it in there that was like, oh no, I can't do this. I can't beat this. He so had like freak. a leaky he didn't do shit or something. <laughs> One of the things Jake I, is holding up a hand. One of the things I wanted to talk about was the gore and how it stands up to today. Because thank God, because I like was I, just going to say we should transition into like the things that Cole sees. Because we've established that he talks or sees dead people, so let's talk about that. And I'm, that's a great thing to talk time. about. Lamisma Onda, right here, Jake. Um, show. That was one thing. So this movie fucked me up when I was a small child. Me too. Uh, this is one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. Specifically, <laughs> specifically the scene. Maybe you guys have a different one, but specifically the scene where he stumbles across the people hanging from the ceiling in his elementary school. Me too. <laughs> that one didn't get me. That one got me, dude. Yeah. I well, yeah. I had a building. The first one, the, okay, the first go, dead person you see, talk about is it. the woman in the kitchen, right? That he thinks is his mom. Yep. And she turns around with the bruised up face. And she and has. She wrists. slits her wrist. Yeah. Whatever. Yep. Yeah, and then you see that one got, me. and then you see the little kid with the gunshot wound. That's the no, goriest think... scene in the movie, by the way. It is, yeah, yeah. But okay, I think the hanging people are in between those two. Side conversation for just a moment. If that Sidebar. if that scene exists in today's in a movie today, does it get protested? I bet it does. What this Very movie gets likely. boycotted I mean, because but, it's anti-gun violence or some bullshit. But internet protested, which is horseshit. Because Holy it's anti-gun violence. Yeah. Uh, Everything's protested now because all you have to do is write that it got internet protested, and all of a sudden it's been internet protested. Uh-huh. So a- hashtag boycott six cents. <laughs> it's a real thing. Look it up. After that, I think it's the hanging people, isn't it? Sure. I think the hanging people are in between the 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 battered woman and the gunshot victim. All right, something like that. And then you get Misha Barton, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And she's all vomity and scary, and what, then the last—I mean, you get the you get the like birthday party balloon sweater in the closet scene. Yeah, but you don't actually see anything there. No, yeah, you don't. Right? You hear that is but that voice, a, man. That voice that's a fucked me. Good up. scene. Yeah, I mean that is creepy as fuck, but you don't you don't actually see anything there. Well, see, that's an interesting point because I think that in I went into this movie like I said, haven't I hadn't sat down and watched it in an environment that is appropriate for like being scared by a horror movie the way you should really watch a horror movie in a long 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 time and i remember this thing fucking me up and it did not have that same sort of effect on me now clearly but that scene is probably the one that i would i would single out as being the best at this point in terms of straight fear factor i don't know about you guys I think objectively, yes, but maybe it's still some residual shit from when I saw it when I was a kid. But the Misha Barton scene, man, that's it. Yes, yeah. I still feel like scare. I still feel like the scene in well, but it's a good jump scare though. No, it, I'm not. That's not a dirty word, jump scare. That is a earned 
jump scare. Because he's in his safe place. Yeah. You know what that, I mean? Yeah, that yeah, one, that's a, viol- that's a violation. That's a violation. It's good. Yeah. It built it appropriately. It then violated it appropriately. Can we talk about that husky puppy for 10 seconds? That's the cutest goddamn puppy. Sure. Talk about it. It's almost as cute as my puppy. I like how Jack does this thing where he's like, can we talk about this for just a second? And then he talks about it for literally one second and he has no follow-up whatsoever. Yeah, he just wanted to mention it. I'm accurate in my speech. Can we talk about it for a second? Done. I did it. Let's move past it. So anyways, my point with bringing all of this up was that I, like, this so fucked me up when I was a child that it's kind of disappointing to look back on it now. And there's, there's like, no gore in this movie whatsoever. I agree. The effects are very Frankly... Frankly, there there isn't much going on, at all. No, at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which might be a testament to how little gore there was in '90s movies. I don't I believe that to be true. However, it could also be a testament to me I, watching this movie like between my my fingers as I had my hands up over my yeah, face. Yeah, I think this just this just hit that perfect chord for us at the age we were at the we were at the right age to start watching films like this, like on our own and all of that. But we were not too old to the point where this wasn't like yeah and, and this wasn't like i had seen hellraiser by this point but like that even though that fucked my shit up when i was a kid and i saw hellraiser I this didn't know. feel like that because that movie still felt like absurd the 80s right it felt old and absurd even though yeah. it fucked me up well, this movie felt it's trying like, to be absurd oh my god yeah this movie has this movie has a genuine aspect to it uh more of an emotional resonance i guess you could say that I yeah. think ties into like what you are seeing is then heavier as a result. What did you think of the scene when he plays the tape for Misha Barton's dad? I mean, that's a scene. I, see, this is what I was getting at earlier. I've seen this movie as a whole four or five times. I've seen that scene like that's that arc. Yeah. A lot. 10 to 15 times. Right. That's the one that I just pick it up on TV and I watch that little bit. So that one was so much more effective than I remembered. It's it's a it's a phenomenal series of scenes. This whole movie is like really good. I mean, but for how much I remember this movie and all the parts of it, when I think back on it, I never think of the scene where he's showing Misha Barton's dad that tape. And oh, that was heavy. I mean, you kind of forget about the emotional like weight of the movie. You remember the scares and stuff because those are the ones that stick with you when you're trying to fall asleep. But there's, and more on that when we get to the end of the movie. But there's, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a lot of like emotional stuff here too, where it's just like a single mom trying to raise her kid, her kids not doing well in school, dad's gone, mom just died. I mean, and so then I had you go seen, to the Misha Barton funeral thing. Yeah, I haven't seen this movie since well before uh, I watched the Babadook at this point. A lot of yeah, similarities. A lot of, lot of similarities. Yeah. A lot of similarities in how they treated the house, just the overall feel of the house and some of the color palette and all of that in the Babadook to how this was treated. I definitely now, having seen both of them in enough time to like dissect and think about it, think that that was probably an homage to this film. Uh, pretty good stuff. Homage yeah. might be a strong word there, but I, I hear what you're saying. They're, they certainly draw upon the other. No, it was full on Sixth Sense, Mark. Fair enough. They tried. Um, and actually, yeah, I, this all ties into what is probably not the actual uh, climax of the movie, but what is probably the emotional climax of the movie, where it's the car scene, right? Where he's in 
uh, Haley Joel Osment and his mom, Tony Collette, are in the car together, and he finally reveals her to her that he sees dead people and that the lady the who just died in a bike the accident is standing outside. Well, it's not the end of the movie, because the end of the movie it's, is Bruce Willis. It's five the minutes the from the end of the, the movie. Twist. It's five minutes from the end of the movie. It could have been the end of the movie. Like it could have been an effective end of the movie. But that scene, that scene alone, you see what I'm doing here? You see, I brought a scene up, and I'm, I'm bringing more analysis and a question to it, Jack. Take note. Oh, that's an interesting idea. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, that scene is in- incredible from an aspect of just the acting that is done. And apparently this was the, um, this was the audition scene, which is smart. But it, has to it be, right? is basically the first time Tony Collette uh, is aware of the fact that her son is a crazy person. And has been speaking to her dead mother for the entire like length of his life. Well, how is he a first crazy he person? First, he thinks he's a crazy person. Then she realizes he's not crazy. Yeah, how is he a crazy person, Mark? He sees dead people. That's not real. That's not crazy. He's clearly. It is real though. Yeah. She realizes it is real. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole point of the scene. Is that he's not crazy? He's not a freak. You're what a if, stuttering what Stanley. If, what stuttering if? Stanley? Oh my god, dude. That teacher pounding the desk and screaming at him to shut up because he's a freak. Ooh. That reminds me of a lot of teachers I had. <laughs> <laughs> what if... I'm just going to float a fan theory out here that I'm making up on the spot. What, oh, this is going to go well. What if Haley Joel Osment's character, Cole, is he's just dead. an insatiable prankster? And Bruce Willis is actually the al- alive the whole time, but he manages to convince Bruce Willis... He's been dead the whole time. Maybe that Cole doesn't see dead people. the thing I've ever heard my entire life. <laughs> that I can't. I, I can't think about do it. it. Scarecrow. So I had to Scarecrow Mark for being an idiot. Par for the course. <laughs> Which leaves us with... Pretty much one thing, I think, right, guys, to talk about the yeah. remainder of this oh, movie, yeah. and that's that's the big Kahuna. That's the Shyamalan twist of all Shyamalan twists. That is the he was Bruce Willis the whole time twist. <laughs> Let's that guy? talk about yeah. it. That guy was Bruce Willis for the whole movie. Oh yeah, yeah, like like in the Sixth Sense, you find out that the dude um, in that hairpiece the whole time—that's Bruce Willis the whole movie. Yeah, he was dead the whole time, and it's, again, we've talked about this before, but I think it's so effective because of how unnecessary it is to the, like, how good a movie this would be even without that twist, right? Yeah. Like, you you take that scene out, this is still a terrific horror movie. Well, you said it earlier, the the movie can end on the Tony Collette and, I don't know why I keep referring to her as her actress name, but... Cole and his mom scene in the car. That could that right. could be the After ending. Bruce of the movie. Willis helps Cole out, and then they they like save their relationship. Yeah, yeah. And you could roll credits right there, be fine. But instead, it'll be a terrific movie. In in this is actually kind of an interesting thing to talk about because I feel like we could eventually bring this back as like a fourth segment. But the scene. After the movie has effectively ended, where you're like, "Oh shit! Why am I still watching this horror movie? Something's about to happen," and then something happens. Yeah. You know what, I, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, talking yeah. about? So you have... Yeah, but not, I do not actually in a horror sense. Not, like, some horror movies that happens, you're like, fuck, something's real. There's going to be a jump scare after yeah, the credits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. With this no, one, it's, it was it's less not, obvious here. Let's hit you with some more emotion. 
But honestly, at this and, point, if if anything continues to happen after the main plot resolves itself in any horror movie, no matter how unexpected, at this point, I'm expecting something to happen. I'm expecting a jump scare. Or something. This movie has made me very yeah. weary of the world, essentially, is what I'm trying but, to get no, at No, but this movie could have, like, this movie also could have just been, like, Cole got help and now is friends with his mom. And Cole told Bruce Willis how to fix this relationship with his wife. So it could have just been Bruce Willis fixing things with his wife. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, it really But could've. I feel like if they're not going to make Willis a twist, they just do Bruce Willis is the protagonist of this thing. But I don't know if it was... So I talked about... I've had a weird... Fuck, just awful week. I was in a weird emotional state when I watched this. I cried so hard at the end of this movie (laughs) when I watched it this time. I'm not kidding. Like, hard, sobbing cries. I cried deep at this movie this time. Do we need uh, to have, like, a a A to Z horror Dr. Phil's corner on this? Are you doing (laughs) okay? This is odd. I mean, I'm doing better now, but it was... It hit me hard. Okay, I actually cried. What the Bruce Willis thing or the, the Tony Collette thing? Yeah, the Bruce Willis part. The 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 Tony Collette part didn't. It was specifically the Bruce Willis part, like f- fixing things with his wife and being like, "All right, now it's time for me to go." I don't know. I'm gonna start crying again. You mean to scarecrow your tears? <laughs> Probably. It's just so beautiful. It's so <laughs> sad. Fuck you guys. It's sad. It's sweet and awesome. It's emotional. So Jack's giving this movie a ten. <laughs> this made me. This, this movie made me cry like a baby. It did. Two. <clears throat> okay. Well, I'm. As far as the Bruce Willis thing goes, at the end of the movie. What I will say is, it's. The way they cue it off, right, is with the wedding ring and how she has it in her hand, and that's what makes him realize that he is no longer with the living. Yeah. They went to great lengths to not expose Bruce Willis's hand in this movie, and he's a lefty. Lefties represent. Whoop, whoop. He, uh, nope. he trained himself to be a righty for this movie because he does have to do a lot of writing as a psychologist, I suppose. They could a child around psychologist. That. Yeah. Sorry. Very specific. They write more. They do write more. Um, So he had to train himself on how to be a righty for this movie so he would not further expose the fact that he would not have been wearing a ring. Uh, I don't know why his ghost couldn't be wearing a ring, but whatever. Yeah, that's a little weird to me. (laughs) I don't know why they had to go to those great lengths. It would not have fucking mattered to me whatsoever. Another huge detail of this movie is the only clothes Bruce Willis' character wears throughout the whole movie are clothes that he's wearing when he's alive, when you see him in the few scenes before he dies. Yeah, well... Right? In various combinations. He touches the lacrosse, or the the rowing sweatshirt. He's wearing the suit, but not in the three-piece, but he's got the third piece folded up. So it's always iterations of clothes he touches right before he dies. Yeah. So it feels like he could have the ring on. I figured out the wedding ring thing, though, man. Like, ghosts can't have the wedding ring. They're all single. Like, when you enter ghostdom, you're single. It's just an orgy? Is that what you're saying? It's just a huge orgy, man. It's like all ghost strange. (laughs) All the time. They see what they want to see, man, and it's... It's unsavory. It's unsavory. It's salacious, let me tell you. And what they want to see is tail. <laughs> oh yeah, <clears throat> we figured it out. 
That's why. <laughs> Reviewed. <laughs> uh, nobody else has anything else to say? I mean, I cried. Yeah, you, you belabored that. that point. Yeah, well, I belabored the point that ghosts were looking for some tush, so... Does anyone else have anything to say about this or not? <laughs> no, I think that was a button. That was a good button. Great, let's fucking properly. rate it. Let's rate the fucking let's... thing. <laughs> we over at Easy Horror use a 1 through 10 rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think of how Joey would rate sharing food. No, Joey doesn't share food. Joey doesn't share food! <laughs> and for 10, think of how Matthew Lesko would rate government money programs. Do you know that Nike Shoes, Apple Computer, and even H. Ross Perot have used government money programs to help make their millions, and you can too! Story is the first category in which we rate these movies. Jake, this was your pick. Rate this some bitch for story. Uh, I'm going to give it an eight and a half. Yeah. It's a really good story. I think we've clearly harped on that enough. Um, why? Where Where are the failings for you? Why is this not a 10? Is that what you're asking me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it could be tighter in a certain way. Like, this movie is an almost two-hour runtime. Uh, in terms of a screenplay, there is a bit of chaff that you could separate from the rest of the, the movie. And I just think that, like, despite the emotional resonance, we are still reviewing a horror movie, and this toes the line. Great movie, really good story. It does get a bit long. I think they could have cut some, and in terms of how it fits within this rating system, which I am rating on ter in terms of a horror movie overall, it could have been a little better. I'm giving it an 8.5. You're trying to ask me to nitpick. That's my nitpick. All right. Well, fuck you, because I gave it a 10. Okay. Um, Why is it I perfect? Think this is because this is exactly what you want from a horror movie. This is, mm. I don't think it's too long. I think it's long, it's but I long. think every scene in here serves something. It serves to develop one of the characters. It serves to give you some backstory on something. It serves to make you feel bad for one or the other of them. I think everything in here serves something. And I think it's expertly done. It has to give a lot of credit for the best twist I've ever seen. And one that's especially effective because it didn't need to be in there for this to be a great movie. What about the uh, you're a great psychologist exposition? I think that, Could that I not mean, have been handled better? I think that absolutely could have been handled better. But unlike you, Jake, 10 for me is not a hypothetical rating that can never, it's, ever happen. It's not hypothetical. They could have, if they handled it better, maybe it's a 10. <laughs> so what have you given a 10 to? Nothing, but it could of have movies happened. movies that exist. But it could have happened. You were literally just talking about how we've been doing this for over a year and you've never given a 10 to anything. You've rated mm -hmm. every single movie we've talked about. In the, We've uh, talked about 70 movies something at this point. You haven't given a 10. Plus, so. I don't think Jake would give it a 10 to story for or 10 to anything for any movie he's watched extracurricularly. Uh, would you? I don't know. I demand you give us a 10 <laughs> story right now. What's the 10 story? From Dust Till Dawn. Okay. You didn't so give that a 10. No, no. You, you already have actively that rated that, and it wasn't a 10. What would be a 10 for story? Yes. Uh, the Lord of the Rings books. Oh, good. You picked not horror and not a movie, so good job there. <laughs> Fuck you. I gave it a 10. I think this is 
perfect story. This is everything I want a horror movie story to be. It's uh, great. I think it's it's brilliant. And I, I'm giving it huge props for the twist. That, like I said, doesn't need to be in there for it to be in a great horror movie. It's just an added... Oh, makes it so much better. So, ten. Mark, that story. Noise? Hold on, I'm doing math. An orgasm. So, so Jake actually gave it a 9.44 repeating. I'm, I'm just, I'm just gonna go ahead and adjust his scale. The, the highest he's ever given a story is nine. It's an eight point six six. Oh, he gave it. He gave it a nine. So, if you just assume he's going on a one to nine scale, and you extrapolate that to a ten point scale, he gave this movie a nine point four four. Uh, which Mark, to what did he give a nine? Uh, the invitation, which is a little strange. That's the one he zeroes in on. But I mean, <laughs> and, I don't, I don't and disagree. To Jaws and, and uh, Lake Mungo. And to Poltergeist. You gave a 10 to, or you gave a 9 to Lake Mungo. Lake Mungo's story is really good. They're not bad I movies. Get, to, in his defense, they're not bad movies. And to the Blair Witch Project. And to Cabin in the Woods. I've given a lot of 9s. Give something a fucking 10. Yeah, you know oh, okay. why you give a lot of 9s? Because you rate on a 1 to 9 scale. No, I rate on a 1 to 10 <laughs> scale. Give me something that's perfect and I'll give you a 10. I just haven't seen it. Great. What's your fucking rating, Mark? I gave it a nine, which is an actual nine <laughs> because I actually rate things on a one to ten scale. You guys have already talked about this. I, we don't we don't need to belabor the point. The story is really great. This is one of the historical twists in horror, and if you haven't seen it, it in will knock movies. you on your ass. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, world building and immersion. Up next, Jake. What is your world building and immersion score? I'm giving this a nine. Uh, this movie sucks you in, even if you're not trying to. And I think it goes back to the point that, that Mark made earlier. Like, you can see this. All, actually, you might have made this, Jack. I don't care who made it. I think we all share the same sentiment that, like, if this is on TV, you kind of, like, don't want to sit down and watch it because it's a really Absolutely. hard one to, like, you're going to get into it if you're going to watch it. And if you're not, like, you're you're not getting what you need out of the movie by just, like, s- sitting there for a few minutes, right? Which you can do Absolutely. with a lot of horror movies. This movie sucks you in. You get very emotionally invested, and I think that that's the biggest praise that I can give it for this particular rating category. Um, you are immersed in the emotions that are very well articulated by each of the characters in this movie, and that's why I'm giving it a nine. Yeah, interesting. Uh, what? So, so, you, so that you means gave that, no reasons you wouldn't give it a ten. There. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. That actually means that Jake is giving it a ten because that is the highest grade he's ever given immersion so 10 okay good work jake okay <laughs> yeah because he also gave it no reason to ding it yeah <laughs> i gave it a nine um <laughs> because for all the reasons jake gave i was taken out just a hair this time around by some of the exposition scenes um i look they're they're in there and they 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 weren't absolutely perfect and so there it's a nine for me mark for the record i've also given a nine for immersion to from dust till dawn well, that's a stupid No, it's rating. not. That's a really good rating. It's for very different reasons. <laughs> and Cabin in the Woods. I don't know how you're oh arguing God. with me. You've only get... My, my point was that you the highest score you've ever given in Immersion is 9. If, if you think about it, you'll see you're only strengthening our No, 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 no. They can't all get 10s. That's not how... For the record, okay, okay. None okay. of them can get 10s. Nothing can ever get a 10. No, really quick. This is, like, this is how Jack scores break down our, our top our five categories. 10, 10, 8, 10, 9. Those are his maximums. He's never been scared more than an 8. Here are, here are mine. 10, Wait, 10, 10, 10, 10, 9.5. Because I think 10 should oh. be achievable. 
Here are Jake's. Are you talking scare factor Here are or world building and immersion? Nine, nine, Mark, eight point five, nine, eight point six. Hey, Mark, are you talking world building and immersion or scare factor? I'm talking, talking every all, all five categories. Oh, your maximums globally are ten, ten, eight, ten, nine. Yeah. So really, I'm like a third of a point lower than Jack. No, because he's given a ten. An imp- no, but we're talking about overall. <laughs> You're infinitely lower now. I don't think you understand how data analysis works. No, I absolutely do. I hit a limit you've never attained. I gave this movie significantly lower than both you guys did, is the thing about this. Well, you're wrong, so... I gave it a six. I actually don't think this is... The strength of this movie is not the immersion. If you go back and watch this, one of the things that really pulls you out is... I hate to I hate to really circle in on it because it's kind of a low-hanging fruit, but there's a lot of child actors in this movie. Haley Joel Osment does an impeccable job. The 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 choice of choosing him for this for casting him in this movie was <laughs> was a very good one. But everyone else, not great. His his bully didn't friend, like. You didn't like Tommy Tomasimo. Yeah, Tommy Tomasimo, the the cough syrup commercial kid. Dude, the cough syrup commercial is my favorite part of this movie. We didn't talk about that. That is a really subtly funny part. It's so good. It is. It's it's funny, but also that kid Shut is a terrible up, actor. You're a terrible actor. I mean, that's that's the thing that really takes you out, and and I kind of think that it's interesting that you guys thought that you used it as praise that when this movie's on TV, you don't go to it. Because yeah. to me that it's a, it's a because, knock on it. If no, I go to a movie like not for immersion, you brought it up in immersion. Yeah, but right, no, no, I don't want to be sucked in. Like if this movie hops on TV, I want, I want, to, want to watch to, it. I want to, yeah, and that's all I want to be doing. Yes. Whereas when I'm flipping around TV, I want to watch something I can do something else to, like play magic. You disagreed with this earlier in the, you've already, you're already on record saying that this movie has to be watched as one whole thing. It's not something you can jump in on. Correct. That's the point. Okay, so I guess that's what my immersion score, um, that's what I'm detracting from, is this movie is something that you have to watch start to finish. You can't jump in and just be That immersed. means it's immersive. No, it doesn't. That has... No. Mark, a movie doesn't have to suck you in at the 60% mark to be immersive. Yeah, Mark. That's not the point of a film. That's not what this media is about. I think you you will find that most immersive immersive horror movies will suck you in at the 60% point. My point about good immersive horror is that no matter when you join in on it, it is immersive. So you don't need the first 60% of a movie to build the story to get you in, to build the characters, to make you interested? I'm not saying, you can just jump in? I'm not saying it doesn't help, but I'll say if I jump in at 60% of the way through Alien, or 60% of the way through Jaws, then yeah. Without I, having seen it yes, ever? Yeah, well, no! No! Now you're just, Only now because you're just you know those movies now you're just and already up, think now you're they're making up part of the rubric. That, that, that's not really fair. No! The only reason that you're able to do that is because you know those movies and know them to be immersive. We, well, let's move past this. I'm docking it four points because the child actors are bad. Six. <laughs> Except Haley Joel Osment, who is stellar. Who? Yeah, yeah, he's he's. Mark really docked at four this. points for Tommy Tomasimo. <laughs> if you sit down and watch this movie, you will be sucked in. And knowing what you know about the movie, you don't want to do that unless you're willing to give the rest of your life to it for that yep. hour. Okay, great. 
Scare Factor. Jake, God, Scare Factor. Damn it. So this is the hardest category to review for this one because it is significantly different than my whatever, however old I was, 10-year-old self would have given it. That would have been like a 10. That would have been a 10. Yeah. 10-year-old me gives this a 10. There you guys go. Yep. There's my yep. 10. However. Your 10 is something that doesn't exist. Uh, No, it did in the past. And now I think it's significantly different. I'm going to give it a 5. Uh, it a lot of that. <laughs> Jesus, you're adjusting Christ. it for inflation. I get it. Uh, and the inflation is ooh, five. <laughs> That's good analysis. <laughs> well, the the main reasons uh, it does. Okay, look, it does build dread pretty damn well, and that's pretty much all the five points. The rest, everything else is no longer scary to me as someone who is now almost 20 years older have seen hundreds more horror movies it's not scary i I understand i appreciate what you're saying i gave it a seven okay um a lot of the reasons that you're saying i think when i saw this when i was a kid this was one of the scariest movies i've ever seen um it it really fucked me up this movie fucked me up (laughs) more than almost any other movie probably yeah, like, but I'm like, five, I, so just th- keep that in mind. No, sure. then I gave it a ten. Now I give it a five. Things okay. change. That's a cop out. The Blair Witch Project <laughs> scared the shit out of me when I saw it in 1999. Yeah, and too. that one holds up. Better. But I watch that now and still feel yes, scared. That holds up. Better. When I watch this now, I don't feel scared. That's why it's getting points down. But it does still get a seven because this is one of the scariest movies I've ever seen when I watched it for the first time. Mm. Jake, if you think you watched, well, okay, how much of it is if you watched it now? Knowing when in just absolutely cold, you just stumbled upon this, yeah. having heard nothing about that. Do you think it would scare you at all? Hadn't heard nothing. I'd probably give it a four, but because of the ten, I gave Mark, it a Mark, it's five. all the rural booze. <laughs> <laughs> You'd give it a four, Fuck. is what you're saying. But I don't. Less but, scary. But I gave it a five because of the ten that I gave it when I was ten. You are an idiot. That's <laughs> Mark, you really are scare factor. That's great. incredible. I gave this a seven and a half. Oh, uh, look, Mark. part of this is I'm very scared by movies, okay? <laughs> I gave it a seven. <laughs> I wish, I really wish we were able to capture Jake's face when I said that. Um, yeah, I almost, I almost <laughs> spewed my Narragansett all over the fucking computer screen. Uh, the scene in particular, the scene where he sees the hanging bodies in his elementary school... Not necessarily that scene, but what my 10-year-old self perceived of that scene haunts me to this day. <laughs> I will see that in my nightmares until I'm dead. No, I I actually I agree with that, too. <clears throat> I remember yeah. it being yep. very much more gory than it actually is. It's oh like, if you God. see it today, it's not even a little gory. It's Those people kind of just look disappointed about being dead. Yeah, they really, they really, really do. <laughs> like, is... that's no worse than what you would see on Are You Afraid of the Dark episode, right? Yeah. It's worse. Okay. Because they're uh... actually hanging? I don't know, man. Because they're yeah, gray it's, it's, and it's not very, a bright very color. It's very, slightly worse. It's not much worse, but it's a little bit worse. My, my point is, it is Same tame ballpark. as balls. It really is. I don't is. remember it being that case. I don't know. But that being Crazy. said... This movie did very much freak me out when I was a, when I was a child, and I don't I don't know if it was specifically because I was a child or if it was just the first time I saw this. So honestly, if you're seeing this for the first time, I think this is much scarier than you're willing to give it credit for. I agree with Mark. Yeah, 
it's that's a very difficult thing to reconcile it is it honestly really is and i'm just upwardly adjusting it because i've had multiple nightmares about those people hanging from the ceiling that's fair yeah for me it was the vomit on misha barton but yeah those also also a very scary scene yeah those are the two scenes no mark i completely agree with you like there was a particular building during my childhood that had a similar stairwell and i had to go there on occasion and i was scared to go there and i would run past that part of the building so i didn't have to like look up the stairwell yeah, yeah. Fuck just me in up. case there's people hanging yes the one funny thing that. about if... that the i will say this the, the one funny thing about that scene is there's two black people that are like very clearly slaves and then they just felt like it was like they had to have a white person <laughs> so there's like a white lady <laughs> hanging off to the side yeah and she's the one that looks pissed off <laughs> She's like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Effects or judicious lack thereof is our penultimate category, Jake. Rate it for effects or judicious lack thereof. I'm going to give it a four. Not much going on. Uh, what is there is okay at best. And I'm going to go slightly lower than in the middle of the road because, yeah, it doesn't hold up that well. It doesn't seem like they tried that hard, though. Right? I yeah. No, I, I'm gonna like I'm jump tempted in here to give because it, I, I'm I, tempted to give it lower, but I'm not going to. Four. No, I, I gave it a four as well because yeah. the effects that they have look fine. Eh. But there's so few of them and this thing had such a huge they budget. They don't actually like, look that fine. I don't know. They, like they look just okay. They look they like, look PG thirteen is what they look like. Yeah, that's a good way to put it, for sure. They look like a girl like spitting oatmeal out of her mouth. You know what I mean? Like it's actually it just it's actually really funny to look at the effects in this movie versus the effects in uh, the happening, which we should eventually review the happening as its own thing. But the thing that's I'm sure we'll get there. The thing that's so damn funny about the happening is it was M Night Shyamalan's first R-rated movie, and you could just totally fucking tell that he was like, "Oh, I can do gore now." So he just yeah. has people like running in from off screen being like, oh, there's people over there being eaten by lawnmowers. Oh, there's people over there hanging from the trees. Oh. He just lost his goddamn mind. It was like all the things he <laughs> wanted to do in this movie, but he couldn't do. He ended yeah. up just shoehorning into that movie. It's like a reverse Sam Raimi with the Spider-Man movies. Yes. Exactly like that. It is. You can see all the shit he wanted to do in those Spider-Man movies, especially in Spider-Man 2, where Doc Ock, like, becomes Doc Ock and goes crazy, and he's dragging women off, and their, like, fingernails are scratching into the ground, and it is, nobody's getting ripped in half. He just wanted to rip someone in half so badly. Okay. I get this movie's effects as six. <clears throat> <laughs> I, I kind of agree with you guys. It's a nothing ventured, nothing gained type of situation. It's It's interesting to reconcile what I perceived this as in 1999 or whatever versus what I perceive it as now. If you look at it for what it is, like if you pay attention to what is on screen and you're not looking at it through your fingers when you're covering your face up, it, it doesn't look, it doesn't look great. Uh, but if you are paying attention to how scary the film is and as a result, are not looking directly at it. It is. I mean, they're good enough effects. The other thing I wanted to mention here is is the red that pervades throughout the movie, specifically the red doorknob on his like cellar study, is yeah. a great fucking prop. That is a really good prop. I like it a lot. And 
I, the other one that's super effective is when he's listening to the old tapes with, like, child Donnie Wahlberg, and he turns the volume up, and it turns red at 9 and 10. Yeah, for whatever unexplained reason. <laughs> it just it just well, has a red no, line That on. happens. No, that happens, because it'll hurt your ears. Yeah, well... It and, happens on my phone now. And the... Well, okay. And the other thing that's kind of... That's a cool shot is the red balloon popping when he's trapped in the uh, closet with... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ghost you don't actually see. I get, yeah. I, it's slightly better than average. Nothing ventured, nothing, nothing gained, but they did do some interesting stuff with props, so six. Cool. Overall, Jake, overall us. So, in terms of numbers, guys, it says 6.65, which is really fucking outrageous. Yeah. How is that? What did you... Oh, because of the effects? Um... Because of math, Jack, and I'm not going to give it that. I'm gonna. This is going to be another one of my biggest tilts that I've ever given. Uh, I'm gonna give this movie an eight. This is a really, really good movie for both the genre and just in terms of movie history. It's an absolute classic. It's in retrospect, twenty years later, older, wiser. It's not as hoary as some other genre films, but that's okay. I, I think that it's still like a really good thing to have as part of the genre. Great showing by Shyamalan, probably his best. Well, I would say inarguably his best. And yeah, it's a really good movie. It's one that you should go back and watch. But like I said earlier, not yet to be in the right mood. And though I'd recommend it, uh, you can probably watch it once and be good to go. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I in complete agreement. I gave it an eight as well. I would like to give it a nine, but I, I agree with you that in terms of the genre, there's some stuff like it's, I wanted it to push some boundaries in some different directions and do some more and another kind, but it's just a really solid horror movie and a lot of different, it's, it's good. It's great. It's movie. great. It's a great movie. It's, it's one of the all time classics. Yeah. Um, yeah. Eight. I'm always going to think about this as one of the best horror movies. That's fair. That's fair. I'm, I'm not going to disagree with you guys. Uh, this is, a classic, certainly one of the classics coming out of the early two thousands. I think this counts as an early two thousand movie. Um, okay. It, yeah, uh, I, I gave it a little bit lower. I, I went with a seven, which actually is a tilt down. My average score, uh, as you would say, Jake, it gave it a seven point one two five. It yeah. being math in that sentence. Uh, I ended up giving it a yes. seven, so it's, I'm tilting it down a little bit. And I think you guys are touching on something interesting. The thing about this movie is, it's hard to tune into, right? Like if I give it, if I give something an eight or a nine or a ten, it's it's something that is universally entertaining, that yeah. has yeah. rewatchability that you can tune into, that you can just no matter where you are, you can pop in and be entertained and love the experience despite the fact that you're terrified. This movie is creepy not terrifying and kind of actually hard to get into if you don't start it from the very beginning so i'm knocking it for those reasons i think overall it is like it's in the realm of the better horror movies that exist but as a whole i've got to tilt it down just just a just a hair to a seven so that's interesting i think we clearly disagree on that because i think that it's okay for some movies to necessitate watching from start to finish, like without hopping in. I think that's okay for a movie to be. Um, well, it is okay. And not lose anything for. I mean, I think that's fair. 
And I'm still giving it a 7. But also the replay factor. Like, even if you are starting this again from start to finish, the first time is one experience. The second time is actually also a really interesting experience because you're looking for the things that, like, the, the tip of the hat to the twist at the end. And then after that, the twist, like, the repeated viewings kind of diminish over time. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Sure, sure, sure. That, and that's, I think that's a good reason not to give it higher than that. Like, it is clearly based on all of our ratings totally deserving of a high score and a solid recommend i mean we're splitting hairs between an eight and a seven right like we really are this is one of those although that doesn't sound like us we're usually not the type to get into the weeds no never not at all these are very nice people mark you did give it a seven though so why should you not watch this with your buddies and have beers and have fun uh i mean i gave it a seven so you probably should watch this with your buddies (laughs) Good job. Because uh, you hate fun. Um, <laughs> Every week. This is a great segment. Why, yeah. Why Why you should not watch this with your buddies? Because your buddies have seen this before. And at that point, yeah. and at that point, you're just kind of rehashing. You're beating a dead no. horse. No, to your you, point. You have yeah, other things really that you can argument. watch yeah. that are breaking no, new ground. That's a really solid argument. Yeah. That's, great. That's so my Jake, why, why should you? Well, we gave it the same score, Jack, so we're going to have to tag team this. Yeah, I was planning on it. Okay, well, but you, I guess I'll start. You know. I think that the, that's what I was trying to do. That's fine. I think the primary reason you you should watch this with your buddies and you should have beers with your buddies while watching this movie is, to Mark's point, like your buddies have seen this, and it is kind of a hard movie to just dive into and to feel in the mood to watch and all that. It's kind of a big mountain to climb. But with your buddies and, like, sitting down and watching it and being in on what's going on, you can kind of focus on really the brilliance of how this movie was made and, like, looking at all the different scenes and what went into them and how Bruce Willis's character interacts with the world around him and, subsequently, how Cole's character interacts with the ghost that he's seeing. And you can kind of get in on how everything was made the the guts of the whole situation i think that's kind of a cool thing and pretty unique for the genre so that's what i would say i I, and i i totally agree with that another part of it is because so many people know so much about this movie right so much of the trivia this thing is is so well out there in the zeitgeist and just to swap that back and forth is super fun like all that shit is is going to be a blast then also the super quotable lines are super quotable right you said the s word or cheese dick or you, you said the s word i see dead people all that shit is super fun i'm just gonna i'm just gonna point out that, that jack, jack just said that all the quotable lines super, are super quotable, quotable lines and then he, he immediately it up. butchered one of the quotes <laughs> so that was is it cheese dick or dick cheese it's cheese, cheese dick. dick you all idiot right. keep walking well, cheese dick yeah i clearly need to have some beers and watch this with my buddies clearly Clearly. And on that note, we should probably get out we of here. We probably should. This has been episode 31 now of the A to Z Horrorcast. And if you've made it this far, we've we've mentioned it before. You know what to do at this point. If you haven't already liked the podcast, please give it a subscribe. Give it a like. A review would also be helpful. We'd enjoy that. To see everything else we have going on, head over to A to Z Horror.com. And as Jack mentioned at the top of the episode, we are part of the Phantom Podcast Network. So there's Woo! a ton of good shit going on over there. Check out what they have going on at downrightcreepy.com and the Phantom Podcast Network. A lot of good shit there, guys. All the music you've been hearing today, that's been coming at you from space. 
That link's down in the description along with our different social media places that you can come hang out with us and just have a conversation about what you like in horror, what you hate in horror. I don't really care, any of that stuff. Next week on the A to Z Horrorcast, we're going to be reviewing another new film. We're going to check out 2017's The Boy. So until then, get your yes, buddies. we are. Have some beers and go watch some horror movies. Have a great week, everybody. And giving you just the biggest driver on the planet, so you can go fucking off. It does get a bit long. Mine's not as gripping as is his. It's more gripping than yours. It's so hard. This is a hard one. There, I just jammed it in for you guys. Congratulations. I think it could be tighter in a certain way. Um, uh, phrasing?